0: In this episode, I answer a student's request for me to share more about my own physical challenges and ways that I've dealt with them, as well as how age affects our riding. So here we go. Episode 154, Ask Karen Anything, Physical Challenges. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. I love it when I hear from listeners, and in the show notes to this, I'll post a link where anybody can uh, can record a message just like this person did. Uh, so I guess the best thing to do would just be to start with uh, the recording of the question from Mary.
1: Hi, Karen. I have a suggestion for a podcast. You have mentioned many times you have issues with your own body, scoliosis, etc., in a past interview with Jack Ballou, you mentioned as you have aged, you have been made more aware of the need to take care of your own body. I think many of us would be interested in hearing specific details of your own journey of keeping your body aligned and fit for riding. We all face this issue eventually, some more drastically than others, but we all face it. It would be wonderful to hear your positive, proactive way of dealing with such things. Anyway... Please consider sharing. As horsewomen, we generally don't talk about our aches and pains, but sharing helps others learn. I think it might be quite helpful for many of us. Thanks for all you do. You are amazing. Sincerely, Mary Hansen. P.S. Full disclosure, I am 71. I am at the stage where I am grateful I can keep writing and wonder how I will know when it would be wise to stop writing. That might be an important discussion for yet another podcast. Thanks, Karen.
0: Okay. Well, first of all, I think Mary could make a living reading audio <laughs> What a beautiful voice and, you know, and style of speaking. I wanted her just to read me a bedtime story or something. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. It's an interesting, interesting topic, And, you know, it's funny because part of me was like, that's private. But on the other hand, why? (laughs) You know, what does it matter? It's just reality. So I'm actually happy to share some of my own experiences with physical issues, especially if it can help somebody else. Now, I'm not feeling like I have super expert advice in this area, but, you know, I do, I am an expert on myself. And I do think that there is value in just simply sharing stories among real people. It's, I think it's so easy to assume that everybody else that we see out there has a better time or has has an easier time doing things is, you know, healthier in better shape. And, you know, everything is just working better. We're, we're all very aware of our own challenges and problems. Um, so I think the reality is everybody's dealing with something. So let's just share that reality. And I guess before I get into, you know, what I'll call my challenges, I just want to say that my challenges are very small uh, compared to many other people's. I am aware that I'm quite fortunate and I'm very grateful for my health and my body. So this is not about me trying to impress anyone with my hero's journey. It's just simply to share my, I think probably fairly average normal experience. And like I said, if it can help anyone else with anything, then I'm thrilled. So for reference at the time that I'm recording this, I'm 58. And the three biggest challenges that I've had in my life have been uh, spinal misalignment, <laughs> degenerative disc disease, um, along with a fair amount of pain associated with that. And then just sort of maintaining fitness and athleticism. Um, as I get older now, the age thing is, you know, <laughs> I've never done this before, so I'm, I've am i never been 58 before, so I have zero experience <laughs> in this, but it's a pretty interesting experience, I have to say. But I kind of, on principle, feel like age, I mean, it matters, there's realities of it, but I'm stubborn enough to feel like I'm not gonna let it matter. <laughs> Yeah, cuz I know that there's people in their 20s who have much bigger physical challenges and there's people in their 70s who have less. So I I want to make sure that I express like in my mind the age that you are does not equal at a certain amount of problems, right? It's not like young people have no problems and older people have all the problems. That's simply simply not true. So, my mindset has always been, you know, to d- be positive and to just think about what I can do and do that. And the reality is the reality. And I happen to be a certain age. So, you know, ask me again when I'm 80. <laughs> you know, I realize things are aging, things are changing. There are certain realities of the human body, but it's not something that I am hyper focused on. And that's why I don't mind sharing my age because, you know, whatever <laughs> it is, what it is. It's the reality. All right. So I can go through those three biggest challenges. Uh, I'll start with the misalignment kind of one, because that's the one that I've had the longest. So, um, it's a combination of, um, some scoliosis, some sp- spinal rotation, pelvic asymmetry. Yeah. One foot's bigger than the other. So, you know, I'm going to say it's a mess, but I don't like to talk about myself like that, but it's, I got some weird stuff going on. And, um, (laughs) I remember the first time I got a back x-ray, you know, the guy was like, hang on a second. And he went next door to get like his colleagues. He's like, you got to see this. (laughs) And then years later, I had another back x-ray and the same thing happened. They're like, hang on a second. And they went and got their colleagues. I'm like, you got to look at this. So apparently I have a very interesting spine. So it is what it is. I don't know why. Uh, But, you know, this is what I have to work with. So it's been a chronic, constant, ever present issue in my life from, you know, trying to buy a pair of shoes that fits both feet, uh, to, you know, riding and things like that. So a lot of this time it's not associated with any, any pain with the misalignment, but it has been, um, something I've had to put a lot of focus on to be able to operate and function with any degree of symmetry. And this is where dressage has riding and I think dressage in particular because of the nature of that activity has been the best physical therapy in that regard. In fact, even today, if I don't ride, there's certain, there's a certain slumpiness and certain kind of ache in my body that will start to happen from not riding. And, and so it's not, I don't, it's not the riding Uh, because that comes with its own wear and tear, which I'll talk about later, but it's the um, activity that activates the core and focuses on um, symmetrical functioning. That to me has been the key because if I do other exercises that focus on using my core and operating symmetrically, um, that also will um, keep me out of pain. So there are certain exercises that I can do when I'm not riding, um, that really help. And so for me, it's, and I'll talk about this a little bit more later, but it's been, um, Pilates based exercises or the sorts of things, um, that I've always done. But it's also about just a constant awareness of this in every activity and staying really vigilant. And I've done that to various degrees, you know, throughout my life, but for sure, always on the horses, because that's the nature of dressage, right? And, you know, so horses require a certain degree of symmetry and balance. So, you know, you stay on and horses give you the best feedback, especially when you're doing something like dressage, which is precise and measurable. And we're we're asking the horses to, to perform symmetrically. So I guess what's the hardest part of that is the mindset to not feel frustrated, knowing that it'll be almost impossible for me to be truly symmetrical. So, you know, there's times that I, you know, when I'm really focused on my body and my alignment, and I look in the mirror and I go, what the heck? Like, how can I put this crooked body on a horse? This just isn't fair. How can I expect my horses to perform when, you know, I'm a twisted mess, <laughs> but that doesn't get you anywhere. So, you know, all right, thank you, brain. That was a lovely thought. Now let's get on with our life. So the the goal is to function symmetrically and increase increase and keep my awareness of my body. And, you know, as long as I'm not taking out my frustrations on my horse, then we can learn things together, you know? So some horses I ride, I feel more aligned on. I'm like, oh, look, I can just sit here and I feel straight. And on other horses, I feel more crooked because they're not aligned either. So it's a, it's a dance. It's a team, it's a team activity, but I always have to remember that if I'm doing something with a horse and one side isn't working as well as the other, I check myself first, but you know what? That's true for everyone. That's just true for everyone. And with that said, horses are not born perfectly aligned either. And I, I can't let, um, my imperfection prevent me from training my horses right? Again, it'd be easy to say it's all my fault. Of course, nothing's working. It's all my fault and I'll never be able to get there. So why even ask? But like I said, it's a team effort. And as I make some adjustments to become more aligned, it'll make my horse have an easier time functioning symmetrically. And then as my horse functions more symmetrically, I can sit on him even better. And so that's how I look at it. I'm like, all right, horse, you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm going to do my best to sit on you well and then please do your best to just try to do what I'm asking you (laughs) and do it lightly so I don't have to contort myself and squeeze, right? So it's another sort of motivation for my horses to become light and to provide as much as they can by themselves because using strength on a horse often uh, contorts a body. So I want things to be as light as possible so that I can just sit there as aligned and softly as possible. So again, I look at it as a team effort, and we we both take turns having to make up for each other's deficits with a lot of kindness and forgiveness. <laughs> so um, for me, for me and my body, um, Pilates. And yoga have been amazing. And I mean, I'm, I'm not like a diehard. It's amazing how even a small number of exercises, especially if they've been um, prescribed to you and your own particular body. like For me, there's just a few things that I do and that sort of is enough. Yeah, it'd be better if I did even more, but that kind of goes through phases in my life. Um, For me, I've, in my life, I've done a lot of running and even running, which can typically be really hard on a body, but for my body, I, it really feels good when I'm in running shape. And I found, you know, just playing with my stride, it's a symmetrical activity. And I could really think about my stride and how I'm running and my form. And that I think really helped me too. But the the truth is the the vigilance and being super aware um, extends to things like when you're standing on a line, when I'm sitting on the couch, even, right? So standing in line, you know, it's easy for me to just rest one hip and twist around, and you know, and so I'll if I'm standing there and I remember, you know, I go into my pose and I have my little checkpoints and like why not stand on line practicing my posture. When I'm sitting on the couch, notice, are you always at one end of the couch, turning your head to one direction to watch a movie, or do you sit at the other? Can you switch and sit to the other end of the couch and make yourself sit the other direction? It's not really scientific, but it's the act of catching yourself and not just slumping into the comfortable places, (laughs) right? Because then you're just going to feed into your natural crookedness and then i think another thing that i'm very aware of is um continuing to do different things and activities to increase coordination and proprioception and this is going to sound really dumb and unscientific and um inexact but things like you know dancing around the house and uh, i <laughs> i'm probably not going to show videos of this, but it's a podcast, so I can tell you about it. But I have this thing where, that I call the move of the day. And it just sort of presents itself at some random time during the day. And it, to the great amusement of my husband, Dana, but I'll often just, some move will come out. It's like, I'll call it a dance move, but you know, (laughs) I don't know. It's movement and there's no music going on, and it'll just be something, and I'll be like, look, Dana, it's the move of the day, and it's just stupid and silly, but it's playful, and it's different, and I think one of the worst things that we can do with our human bodies is just get stuck in ruts and just do the same thing. You know, play helps children, and young animals, you know, learn about their bodies. And like, we need to do that more as adults. And so that's just something that I do. Um, I've been known to have uh, interpretive dance, (laughs) interpretive dance evenings (laughs) all by myself. But, you know, move your body, stay aware, move your body, go barefoot, sit on the floor, Um, just keep doing things that require you to be aware and to pay attention and to move in, in new ways and increase your proprioception. Um, what is the phrase? Sitting is a new smoking. Yeah. So plopping on the couch in the most comfortable position is probably one of the worst things you can do for your riding. Anyway, uh, the other thing that I do to help with my, uh, Spinal alignment is I do a lot of bareback. I mean, bareback is wonderful <laughs> to bring awareness. I mean, gravity is a great teacher. Okay, so the next big challenge uh, has been the degenerative disc disease. So, as much as I said, riding is physical therapy for my uh, twisted spine. Uh, the downside of that is it's been the cause of uh, disc disease. So I started getting some back pain way back in my 30s, even my early 30s. And that was when I was really, you know, full schedule of training horses. I was working hard, working long hours, working in the heat, working in the freezing cold, riding a lot of horses from big, fancy moving horses to tight backed project horses. And it would often happen, uh, at the end of a day of riding and teaching, I'd go in the office and I'd lean over the desk to write something on the schedule. And like, that would be it. My back would just freeze up and it was super, super painful. Uh, so I'd go home. Uh, it would, relax a bit. And then I do it all over again. (laughs) And it would kind of go in fits and spurts. So there'd be blocks of time where it didn't hurt at all. And then there'd be blocks of time where I literally could not lean over the desk or do anything like that. (laughs) I still rode though. So, uh, I, I apparently have a pretty good natural ability to push through pain. One of my, uh, super powers, I guess. I'm not sure it's a smart one, but I do have a pretty good ability to do that. I guess a lot of us horse chicks do. So I started seeing a chiropractor back then, and he did mention that one disc was looking a bit compressed. Um, So I kept riding (laughs) and this went on for years. I mean, like over a decade of still riding randomly, my back would seize up and then I do it all over again. And then after I moved to Florida, there was a a time where it started happening more and more. Of course, I kept riding. I just would, you know, avoid some things. I'm like, okay, I'll ride, but I won't do that. I'll ride, but I'll do posting trot, not sitting trot. Okay. I'll forget the trot. I'll just canter and walk. And then it got to a point where it's like, uh uh-oh, it was hurting just to even walk on a horse. All right. The reality is it hurt to put my socks on or turn over in bed. So that's when I started getting a bit scared. Of course, my husband the whole time was like, uh, actually, it wasn't my husband at the time, but he was like, uh, going to go to the doctor, going to go to the doctor, going to go to the doctor. I'm like, I got this. Pop a couple ibuprofen. I'll be fine. Anyway, so it started to get me a big, a bit scared, you know, when I can't ride, that's a, <laughs> that's the line. So I did go to the doctor, got x-rays, ended up getting, getting an MRI. And I remember when the doctor came back in after reading the MRI and he said, there's good news and there's bad news. The bad news is you're bone on bone. So <laughs> One of my discs was apparently had degenerated all the way. And he said, so the good news is it can't get worse. He's like, you've, you've been through the hard part. like, it's done now, you know, it, it, it can fuse. It can, you know, we can do surgery. Uh, You could manage the, you know, lots of people just live on, you know, NSAIDs and painkillers. And he, you know, made it sound like, don't worry, lots of people are doing this. And, you know, I'm someone who hesitates to take an ibuprofen. So the, you know, to see, you know, see, it was pretty scary to see it. And then, you know, hear those options. And he's describing all these nasty sounding surgeries, which I decided I really didn't want to do. And, uh, And so after he went through all the (laughs) disgusting descriptions of all the surgeries and where they'd come in from the front and the, you know, I was sort of glazed over, not really listening to that and listening to the amount of, uh, of NSAIDs that he was prescribing. I was like, I don't really like those choices. And then he said, or you could strengthen your core and see if that helps. And I was like, I'll do that one. I choose, I choose that option. And... And here's an interesting thing that happened. So when he, the whole mind piece of this process, you know, I had been getting more and more worried. And as I got worried, it hurt and then it hurt and I got more worried. I mean, for me, I mean, I've changed a little bit as I've gotten older, wiser, but for me to go to a doctor, like it's gotta be getting bad. So by the time I had gone, I was, I was pretty scared, although I wouldn't have admitted it at the time. And it was pretty painful. And then, but coming back from that appointment, when he showed me what it was, he's like, the worst part is over. And you could strengthen your core and it could give it some relief. I just latched onto that. And I now I was in action mode. So worrying and not knowing, actually, I think put my body in a place where it was feeling more pain. And I'm sure there's some neuro people out there who are like, yeah, yeah, this is the thing that happens. Well, I don't know, but this is what I was experiencing because he prescribed, you know, a certain amount of, I think it was basically ibuprofeny kind of stuff, um, but lots of it. And I did that for, I did what he said for two days and then I just tapered it off and, and pretty much was not on anything. And it hurt but not as much. It was sig- significantly decreased. And my mindset was in action mode. I could picture what was going on in my body. And I was picturing what I wanted it to do. And so that's when I went and, um, and started taking some actions. And it was it was kind of like the pain had done its job, right? The pain was going, hello, Karen, hello, Karen, do something about this. Hello, Karen, look here, look here. (laughs) So the pain got me to pay attention. And it was almost like after I got the information I needed to know, it was like, okay, we don't need to hurt you as much. We know you're on this. I know this doesn't make sense, but I'm just sharing my experience. This is, how it seemed to me. So anyway, so I went and sought out um, a Pilates instructor who would give me private lessons um, because I had to be pretty particular and careful. You know, how I moved was the difference between more pain or less pain. And so at first the goal was to be able to do these exercises without it hurting more, and then Once I got to a certain point where I actually started building my core in a very specific way, then going to do those exercises would turn off the pain, which was so exciting because there was an action I could take. And uh, so then, you know, it started hurting less and I could ride again. And uh, I'm happy to report that I'm essentially uh, pain free. And by pain-free, I mean that most days I have zero pain, but there's certain things that might tweak it. So my maintenance schedule is Pilates-based physical therapy, very specifically, and she really helps me to um, exercise correctly and stretch and massage and do whatever I need to do to have my spine and sacrum functioning symmetrically. And then specific exercises to build um, the core muscles and specific muscles that will help help me to stay more aligned. And I now have a list of things that I uh, shall not do. So no more carrying of really heavy things, especially asymmetrically. I'm fine with that. Although I have to be reminded regularly because it doesn't hurt when I'm doing it. It'll just hurt later. Uh, No digging holes, no post hole digging, no pounding of T posts. I'm totally okay with that. Limited uh, mucking. So I can do some mucking, but I have to take it easy on it. The other thing on my list is I just made a decision to not ride other people's horses. I just made a decision after all the years of riding other people's horses and putting all that wear and tear on my body, I I've made a pledge to myself and my horses that every single bit of wear and tear that my body's going to be getting from riding is going to be spent on my horses. Call me selfish. I also don't ride in treed saddles anymore. Now I do have one treed saddle that's in my barn that I sometimes use on one of my horses, but it's very flat seat, it's open, and there's no knee blocks. And even on my treed, my treeless saddle, there's no knee blocks. And so I started to notice that when I would get on another student's horse, even if it was like a super smooth horse, um, but if it had a deep seat, if it had knee blocks, it would put my back almost immediately into spasm. It's like the thighs couldn't move, (laughs) the butt couldn't move, and it just would jam um, my back into my pelvis. So um, notice that pretty, pretty quickly, uh, my body can't ride in those deep treat saddles. So I'm actually kind of wondering how much those saddles are hurting other people's backs, even if they have healthier backs than I did my body's going, all right, I'll show you where that stress goes. <laughs> if you don't let those thighs move and you don't like, let that pelvis move, something's got to give. And for me, it hits me right in, in my spine, my lower spine. Now, there's one more really kind of interesting weird thing with this part of the story. And that is that a more recent x-ray of my back shows it no longer shows that bone to bone disc degeneration. And so I changed doctors and, uh, you know, the doctor was like, well, discs don't regenerate. I was like, yeah, but at, you know, the orthopedic Institute at, you know, UF (laughs) said I I had no disc, it was bone on bone. And I saw it and they're like, well, look at your X-ray now you have all your discs. So I'll just leave that there. That's just a little data point. So I've been told discs don't regenerate, but my body apparently didn't get that memo memo and I'm not going to question it. Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. So now you've heard me rave about the Video Classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June and July, we are going to be doing extra monthly live Q&A calls, and anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost we've never offered this before. So it's a pretty cool opportunity. So this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person, to get your questions answered, either about a particular video that you watched or a challenge that you're having with your horse. Now the video classroom, I think, is always the best deal. And for May, June, and July, it is going to be amazing so go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today there's always a one week free trial to check it out again dressagenaturally.net slash classroom okay now back to the pod okay the the third of my personal biggest challenges physically are just the maintaining of fitness and athleticism as I get older. I'm <laughs> i am I'm not as fit as I used to be, that is for sure. Uh, my whole life, I've always done something else in addition to all the riding. I've usually done something else, rock climbing, mountain biking, running, weight training, something. And today, not so much. So, but actually with that said, I have a you know little fitness tracker on the on the iwatch and I do on average on an average normal weekday, I do about I don't know, 15,000 steps and go about 7 miles. <laughs> so, I'm going to raise my hand and acknowledge to myself that like that ain't nothing. That ain't nothing you know, Dana's like, well, why are you surprised that you're out there doing all this stuff? And I think I'm not really exercising. (laughs) I've done seven miles before noon. Anyway, uh, the other thing that's changed is uh, in addition to not doing all this extra, you know, other activities, uh, my whole life I've just had a metabolism where if anything, I had to make sure to eat enough so that I'm not always losing weight. (sighs) And now that's, that's, well, that's not the problem. So I have to just kind of be accepting of that. And I'm mildly successful in accepting that, but I really, I really do miss the days where I could just eat anything that I wanted. And, uh, I would just maintain anyway. So I'm, I'm learning to embrace my slightly softer, squishier side. I can, (laughs) if we're personally sharing, I can remember the moment where I was, I was just standing in my closet and I'm, you know, putting on clothes or whatever. And I remember thinking, Ooh, what is that on the back of my leg? (laughs) And I realized it was my butt. (laughs) (laughs) my butt sagged. And I was like, I've never felt that before. Anyway, so I'm getting used to having little bits that jiggle and aren't quite as lean and tight as they used to be. (sighs) Anyway, um, as I get, you know, softer, squishier, um, I also want to say that, you know, I'm getting better I'm getting wiser. I'm getting more experienced. And here's the thing. My horses are getting easier and easier to ride. These horses that I have now, I'd say, are like the easiest horses I've ever had to ride. Coincidence? Or maybe it's because I'm doing things differently. I l- I hope better, you know. But it it can be an emotional roller coaster to realize, well, admit that I'm just not quite as athletic as I used to be. Now I'm going to raise my hand here and say, if I wanted to be, I could try a little harder. Like I could be out there running. My body likes running. I could be out there swimming. I could be out there doing more training. i am decided not to. <laughs> I'm going to do a podcast instead. <laughs> Spend my time doing that. Anyway, <sighs> but it's still just... To stay athletic and to stay fit, instead of doing more brute work, I'm paying better attention than I ever had. So yeah, I have to think about how I'm sitting when I'm on my horse a little differently than I used to. But then again, I used to, I used to always be thinking about it anyway. So it just it requires attention and awareness. So if you're sitting differently, or you're not sitting as deeply, or you find yourself bracing, well, then there it is. And focus on it, like any 20 year old has to learn how to sit. Sometimes we have to relearn how to sit and how to ride because we're not as flexible, we're not as supple, we're not as strong. And so things change. But that doesn't have to be a negative, oh, now I'm terrible because I used to be able to sit like this and now I have to think about it again. It's just normal. You know, there's plenty of brand new people to to dressage that are 17, 18, 19, 20, and they have to learn to sit. So it's not an age thing. It's not less than. It's just, hey, here's a body on a horse and we got to learn and think, learn how to sit it and constantly think about it. So the more that I just realized like, well, now I just have to go. I've been through this process before. I'm always going through this process. How do I sit this horse on this day? How do I sit this horse on this day? And we do our best and we make decisions accordingly. One of the the biggest challenges that, that I've found that I have was being able to continue to sit horse as athletically as i want to is actually tied to the pain that i used to have and this took a while for me to really figure out in my mind like why am i sitting like this and i realized that when my back was hurting i made all kinds of sneaky little compensations right because there was a lot of times when i was riding in pain And when you're riding in pain, you're going to compromise. You're going to contort a little bit. You're going to hover a little bit or brace a little bit here to protect this other part. It's just natural to want to brace and splint your body. And so because this pain was sort of chronic over many, many years, and I learned how to adapt to it, that when the pain was gone, I had to, I had to really, there's a, really make a conscious effort. So there was a lot of stuff that sort of naturally dissolved away and like, yay, it doesn't hurt. And now I can sit and ride. But there were some little sneaky braces in there, really deep, deep braces where it's kind of like the, I don't know if you can relate to this of like when I lay down to get a massage, I feel like I'm laying somewhere on top of the table. And then by the end of the massage, I'm like down in the table. So it's that kind of thing that I found I was kind of holding myself above the saddle. And then I would sit a little more and sit a little more. But there was part of me that was, that was, it was like, I was saying, just relax your butt and sit. And the, and the part of me was like, no, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. It's going to (laughs) hurt. So it, and it was so, it was tied into my postural muscles, which the brain, your brain does not naturally think about postural muscles, right? It just or wouldn't get anything done. So I had to very consciously think about my postural muscles, put a conscious effort into it as part of my warm up, And, you know, as I was going, if I felt it, I'd have to just give myself a lesson and do breathing and do some of the, you know, translate some of the Pilates exercises and just try to get in touch with some of those muscles and kind of it felt like I. it felt like my, my spine was kind of like me sticking my toes in cold water. It's like, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And then it would kind of test it and test it and test it. And then it would like, oh, I am gonna be okay. And then I would relax. But I was very um oh surprised because there was a whole other layer that I didn't even realize I was doing until I felt I could relax a little bit more, and then went, "Oh, yeah, I haven't been there in a while." So, um, beware of the old compensatory patterns in there, and you know, our horses go through this too. So, there's a lot of um, stuff that body work, um, light touch fascia work that we do with our horses. You probably are aware of this on your horses of. You know, if they've been lame, their body starts to hold in these patterns, and it's unconscious, and and just becomes part of who who they are and how they move. And the same thing can happen to us. So that is definitely something I've experienced, and I still have to make myself be conscious of it. Uh Yeah, because it it's it can still be there, and for me it shows up as a slight perching or floating above the movement instead of dropping into it. Or in a moment where if a horse is might get a little silly or I have to kind of like, Hey, come on. Um, yeah. I, instead of dropping in and getting closer, my body wants to come away. So anyway, um, that is one more reason why riding bareback has been so therapeutic for me because It's just harder. There's no stirrups to brace off of, right? So gravity again is going to be my, my friend. And when I'm riding bareback, I'm just a little more, I don't know, aware of the balance of the horse and the connection with the horse. And, and, uh, it, you know, I'm fine. I'm just ride a little more, I don't know. I don't tend to bomb around out of balance as much. (laughs) And I think that might be a good thing for everybody so the good news about riding horses as you age or have limitations is that unless you are one to just go bombing around not noticing that you're killing your body and flopping around on your horse it's gonna make one smarter lighter more clever make better decisions and train differently in my 30s i was proud to say i'd ride anything and i could and i did i didn't care about bucking it was fun Today, I'm more strategic and clever. I see trouble coming from further away, and I deal with it there. I don't think that's a bad thing. I'm happy to be entering my wise years, and I thank my body every day for what it still can do. The other day, as I was cantering bareback and bridleless, I heard the small brain grill say, hey, aren't you getting a little too old for this? But I just laughed and said, sorry, can't talk now. Too busy having the time of my life. So I guess what's worked for me is the same thing that works with everything. Accept what is, do what you can, and enjoy that you're still around to do something, anything. It's easy to think that getting old stinks and to be fixated on how we used to be. I do my best to stay curious, to be happy, and to be happy I get to see what it's like to be my older self. So this is what middle-aged Karen is like. And as my husband Dana says, it's better than the alternative. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony and enjoy the process.